2: This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens
0: Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 139 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in studio, as always, by my co host, the editor in chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media. Mr. Rick Stevens, Rick, how are you doing today, my friend?
1: Well, I think we're both uh, pretty excited. Pretty, we're we're both happy, smiling. Yeah, uh, ready to go at this fabulous podcast. There's yeah. lots to talk about. Lots of good news to talk about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean,
1: Team Canada. Uh, there's team Canada. team Canada. Team Canada. Yeah, Team Canada.
0: Yeah. That's been playing much better. We talked about last week. Uh, things things were going well for <laughs> Team Canada, uh, losing to Latvia. Not a great look no. for Team Canada um, at any at any time. That is not a good look, regardless of who is there, who isn't. Uh, but, Rick, things have turned around for Team Canada at the World Hockey Championships. Well, uh,
1: it have been going better. It's funny because, uh, you know, people were pointing to the the roster and who was there and who mm-hmm. and, and more importantly, who wasn't. And. And you have to give credit to the players who said yes, because not many yeah. did going into the that bubble situation. Um, I, I, the um, the quarterfinal, the the Russia or the team that from Russia, whatever they're yes. being called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the Russian reporters who tweets in English that I follow said, um, w- "Looking at the rosters for Russia and Canada, this should be." A, a cakewalk for the Russians. This should be easy for the Russians, but he said, "You know what? Russia always finds a way to screw things up." And mm. and it turns out, um, who would have expected Troy Statcher to the move? I mean, we've all see, oh seen it on the highlights. That was unbelievable uh, for the uh, for Team Canada win. Uh, and then going on to beat the Americans who uh, seemed to be uh, cruising along uh, beat the Americans in the semifinals so Canada's going to the final against either Finland or Germany.
0: yeah and and Rick, I mean yeah, as you said, uh, team USA they had some good players on that team Connor Garland yeah. I mean just the former you know Stanley Cup winners, a lot of good players on that team. So I think Rick, this is to say if, if you were a betting man, yeah I'm, I'm not quite sure given the start of the tournament for Team Canada, oh, that you would have credit. said that they would get to this point. I think you might be laughed at a little bit. But you might have made some money, though, you at a certain might, point. That's right. You might have made some money. And, Rick, uh, the second round of the NHL playoffs and of the NBA playoffs, the second round getting underway, is in full swing, and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes. That is quite uh, quite a bit of money, Rick. Uh, So $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part... It's free to play, even better. It gets better and better as we go along, Rick. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. You just download the DraftKings app, you go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes.
1: All you have to do is answer a handful of questions about what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games. Then as you're watching the games, you track your results via the app throughout the evening.
0: You have questions that can range from which team's going to hit the most three-pointers to which team will score first, things like that.
1: Most importantly, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience.
0: Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $10,000 in total prizes every day, of the hockey playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Uh, Rick, THPN.
1: How do you remember that? THPN is the hockey podcast network, uh, Canadians Connection, and our sister podcast, The Press Zone, both uh, proud affiliates of the hockey podcast network.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Rick. And uh, it's going to be, we're going to have later on in the show, we're going to tee up a podcast featuring you and Terry Ryan mm-hmm. discussing the 1970 Montreal Canadiens. It's a dynasty by decade podcast series that the, uh, the Hockey Podcast Network is doing. And
1: oh, you had a fun. chance
0: to sit down and, and chat it up with uh, Terry Ryan.
1: Terry Ryan, a former Canadiens first round pick. Uh, he and I uh, s- sat down and, and had a real good chat about... Uh, the dynasty years, the 1970s, and in particular, two um, Stanley Cup winning teams that we highlighted. And and we'll tell you a little bit more about that in our third segment.
0: Absolutely. We look forward to that in segment number three. Uh, In segment two, Rick, last week we sort of discussed the way things were unfolding in the Leafs-Habs series and how the Canadians measured up to the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team who many thought was going to be a Stanley Cup contender. Well... Things happened pretty quickly and the Montreal Canadiens found a way to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. How did that happen and how have they taken a commanding series lead against the Winnipeg Jets? Bit of a spoiler alert there before we get to how the games unfolded this week. But regardless, Rick, that's what we're going to be talking about in segment number two. Uh, But Rick, we'll start, as I said, with what happened on the ice this week. And the last time we spoke, I asked you the simple question, Rick. Last year in the playoffs, the Canadians lost in the first round in six games. Was it going to happen again? It didn't. The mm-hmm. Canadians won 3-2 to two in overtime. Jesperi Kotkaniemi with the OT winner. Shots in overtime, 13-2 to two for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Carey Price was simply incredible. He he got them through that overtime period, managed to keep them around, and Jesperi Kotkaniemi let the Habs live another day. You get to Game Seven, yeah, Steve Dangle. Oh, he was in a bad way. (laughs) Uh, Poor Steve. And you know what? The amount of Habs fans that I think ended watching that game, turned it off, went to the YouTube to watch his live reaction (laughs) to that. It it had to be a huge number of people. Just to
1: watch the misery, yeah.
0: (laughs) But then, Rick, things got worse for Steve and the rest of Leafs Nation because Game 7 came around and the Leafs did what they typically do in a Game 7. And Carey Price 30 saves, Gallagher, Perry, and Toffoli provided the offense, and the Canadians closed out the series against. The Toronto Maple Leafs um, and Rick with that they moved on to the Winnipeg Jets who had been off for nine days they had been off for quite a while uh, and they'd been waiting for who they were going to play turned out to be the Montreal Canadiens and the Canadiens came out uh, Katkaniemi and Stahl scored early there was the beautiful toe drag move around Connor Hellebuck from Nick Suzuki Carey Price 27 saves en route to a victory in that one Uh, Five to three, the final bit of a dark cloud that hung over it that we will be getting to later on in the show. And then, Rick, last night, game two of that series, a bit of a different one. Uh, Wasn't the high scoring affair that we saw in game one. It was a uh, steady performance from Carey Price between the pipes with 30 saves. He was fantastic. Tyler Toffoli with a beautiful shorthanded goal. That was the all the offense that Carey Price needed to get the Canadians a commanding 2-0 series lead. Uh, and Rick, uh, they head back home to Montreal now with that 2-0 series lead. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, its um, I can't say that this was the way that many thought that this was going to go.
1: No, not at all. And, uh, uh, you know, there was, there was concern that uh, the Canadians had been through a, a very taxing uh, round one and uh, the Jets had some time off. Uh, But uh, now we'll we'll see what happens when we go to to Montreal, Uh, a back-to-back, which uh, are pretty punishing in in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the Canadians go home to the Bell Centre, where again, once again, there will be 2,500 fans waiting for them. Yes,
0: that's going to be a, a great atmosphere. And uh, the excitement around this team now having coming off that game seven performance I mean those fans have not seen the canadian since that game seven Mm -hmm. or well since game six. They didn't see him Uh the last three games. So now there's a lot more excitement. I I would believe heading into games three and four of that series Uh, but rick I should say that for our listeners. They want to get more comprehensive Game recaps you can go find those over at allhabs.net rick stevens very own rick stevens has written those out for you you can find all the information that you're looking for uh in those um and rick there's a lot of great content content at allhabs.net you have chris's notepad you have mm-hmm. all sorts of, of wonderful articles coming out all the time and uh rick my three stars of the week column is is one of the things that you'll find at allhabs.net. I won't say that it's great content, but it's, it's one of the things. It's great. Yeah, okay. I can't say that myself, Rick. <laughs> it's, it sounds like I'm bragging. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things that you'll find at allhabs.net is my three stars of the week column. And yes, it comes out every Sunday. And last week, it was coming off of that game six against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was heading into game seven, coming off of that game six. And Rick, there was no other choice. It had to be. Carrie Price as my first star of the week again because as I said uh, and as Amy Johnson said on the Press Zone podcast this week when you guys were talking about that series the Canadians had no business winning that series it had they just did not have any business winning that series at all and game six especially that felt like a breaking point where it was a goal felt inevitable it felt like okay this is it Carey price can only withstand so much at some point there's going to be something he doesn't see there's going to be a deflection whatever it might be something's going to happen here the canadians are not winning this game and price just kept making save and save and save and save after save and it got to the point as i said 13 to 2 were the shots on goal Incredible. in that overtime period Incredible, simply incredible that he was able to withstand that to give the Canadians an opportunity. And Jesperi Keniami who was my second star of the week, he got that opportunity and it took a bit of a deflection off of Zach Bogosian, but it, but it found a way through. And Jack Campbell, it was a bit of a fluttering puck. He couldn't, he couldn't find it. Regardless, the Canadians get a win, but why do they get that win? Why are they in position to win that game? And it comes back to Carey Price, who every game in that series, and Amy Johnson talked about this on the press zone, every game, even games two and three and four, Carey Price kept giving the Canadians opportunities to get back in the game, kept making saves that he probably shouldn't have made because he's just that good. He makes them. But regardless, he kept giving them opportunities, and eventually, it took seven games, eventually the Canadians were able to capitalize on some of them. So yeah, there well, was there was no other choice.
1: No, there wasn't, and and uh, and you did make the right choice. Give you full credit for that. Um, <laughs> that uh, and, and it is a, a great column each and every week, and we'll have uh, another one coming out uh, yeah. tomorrow, and um, and you'll have to tune in to see which uh, are, are the three stars that you've selected for this past week. Uh, but last week, Carrie yeah. Price. Uh, yeah, he certainly carried um, uh, the Canadians past the the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and uh, talking about stealing a game, he he basically stole a series and and yeah. uh, and has been um, uh, performing uh, for the first two games in the uh, in the, the Jets series. And and uh, uh, th- but this time, I think it's uh it's an interesting matchup. You got Connor Hellebuck um yeah. who uh, the 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 goalie duel last night um, oh, man, the one nothing win for the canadians and and with no goals being scored 5 on 5 at all last night uh, by either team um so uh, this this uh this is going to be interesting and the canadians are going to need more than just uh Carey Price to to move on
0: if you like to watch goaltending if you like to watch really good goaltending this is the series for you because it is Absolutely clinical on both ends. You have two guys that do it the absolute best, uh, and, and Carey Price and Connor Hallebuck. But yeah, Rick, it, it is, uh, it was very interesting to see who is going to be, uh, in the picture for my three stars of the week this week. Uh, I should mention, as I said, Kat Kinyemi was my second, Yoel Armia was my third, and Yoel Armia has been really, really solid throughout the playoffs for the Montreal Canadiens. So, uh, we'll see who is in the picture, uh, this week. But, uh, Rick, I guess we'll move on and get to uh, some roster news, uh, and we'll start with an injury update. Uh, as I said, we're gonna be getting into the sort of dark cloud that hovered over game one, uh, the second straight series that that, that has happened, but uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit, but we'll just say Jake Evans is is out. He's got a concussion. He's out of the lineup. Uh, it is a very unfortunate situation, of course. Uh, It it was, however, um, fortunate timing in that Arturi Lekanen was available to just slot right back in and provide you some of the things that you do get from Jake Evans as well. So in that way, the Canadians were at least prepared to handle that loss.
1: Yeah, and uh, Jake Evans had been playing extremely well uh, and playing on the line with uh, Brendan Gallagher and, and Phil denell Uh, but as you said, uh, um, you don't lose, uh, anything, uh, when, uh, bringing Arturi Lakinin in, uh, he's got the speed, he's got the four checking ability, he can play the penalty kill. Um, so that, uh, that's fortunate. So we have, um, uh, Evans out indefinitely. We have John Merrill out for yeah. about a week or so. Um, and, uh, uh, that's kind of the state of, of where we're at with uh, the injury report for the Montreal Canadiens.
0: Yeah. And Rick, of course um, you know, it became clear that another guy that has yet to factor into the Canadians playoffs uh, is Alexander Romanov. And, and that's probably going to remain the case because game one against Winnipeg was a bit of a rough one for Eric Gustafson. And yet game two, Gustafson is still in the lineup, so I think it's become uh, rather clear at this point it will take something drastic to get Alexander Romanoff out on the ice for the Montreal Canadiens.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, a peculiar situation. It's something that's, that's hard to explain. Gustafson hasn't played well. Um, there was one game, I don't remember which one it was, uh, where he played four minutes and 30 seconds, uh, even strength time. Yeah. Um, game one of the, the, the series we saw that, that egregious giveaway, uh, that allowed the, uh, shorthanded goal, uh, by Lowry, I guess it was. Um, yeah. and, um, uh, that after that, he, uh, uh, Gustafson didn't play the third period, didn't have a shift in the third period. Um, and yet was still in the lineup for game two, uh, played, I think nine minutes or so. Um. In uh, in game two, um, and and the the odd thing is that there is no third pairing. Uh, yeah. what, what's what's deemed the third pairing is Gustafson with uh, Brett Kulak, and they don't play together. Uh, they yeah. just don't play together. <laughs> it's it's Sherrod, It's it's uh, Weber uh, subbing in uh, and 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 doing double duty, and and so the the minutes on the the, the top four. Uh, are just um, uh, outrageous, and and we saw even in last night's game uh, that the Jets have certainly taken note. Andrew Cott mentioned it in the in the uh, uh, post game presser. Uh, Coach Paul Maurice mentioned it that uh, the the number of minutes that uh, that the Canadians uh, Shea Weber, um, Petrie, uh, Edmondson, Charot uh, are playing. Uh, our, our big minutes and their taxing minutes. Uh, we saw that the the uh, the Jets were were targeting them last night, looking to soften them up. Uh, mm-hmm. Hits were forty nine twenty for the the Jets last night, and the Jets are are kind of uh, confident uh, that that will have an effect over a long uh, series, uh, particularly with uh, a back to back coming up in Montreal yes. games on Sunday and Monday. We'll see. Um, but so far, uh, Dominic Charme is uh, is stubborn um, uh, that mm-hmm. uh, Romanov will not come into the lineup, and uh, we don't know what the the rationale is why it's been so different in the playoffs than the 54 games out of the 56 that he played during the season. Uh, but uh, as you said, uh, something uh, you know, it, it, it's unless there's an injury, it, it doesn't look like uh, uh, Romanov's coming in, and even at that point. I think it was Eric Ingalls, who, you know, is a bit of a, a mouthpiece for the Montreal Canadiens said, uh, reminded people when they said, you know, if there's an injury, uh, Romanoff will be in. He said, well, um, remember, uh, Xavier Ouellette's always available. Uh, mm. So if we're getting to that point, <laughs> yeah. if we're getting to that point, then something has happened uh, with the relationship. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see as this goes yeah. on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see there. But yeah, it is a confusing situation. It has been the last two weeks that we've talked about it. It continues to be a confusing situation. But regardless, it doesn't appear that he is in the immediate plans for the Montreal Canadians for whatever reason. Uh, so we'll, we'll leave it there. But uh, Rick, we'll, we'll move on to a Habs prospect report.
2: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
0: So, Rick, last week we touched on a June 1st deadline uh, where the Canadians, uh, they had to sign three prospects uh, to NHL contracts. Uh, that deadline has come and gone without any of the three getting those contracts.
1: That's right. Uh, let's remind people who those, uh, those three prospects were. Yoni Ikonen, who we thought might have been uh, the most likely to uh, mm-hmm. be signed. Uh, Jacob Laguerriere and uh, Kieran Ruszynski. Uh, um, as we mentioned, there's still a good possibility that he'll sign a, an AHL contract. Uh, But as far as signing their ELCs, the Canadians uh, let the deadline pass and and didn't offer contracts to any of the three of them. That means all three will now become um, free agents. Um, And, uh, you know, the Canadians, I guess, felt that they have prospects in the system that, uh, uh, you know, were, were ahead of those three and uh, didn't want to tie up the number of contracts that they had. Uh, Canadians sit right now at 48 out of 50 contracts um, with, you know, there's going to be some, some change to that once uh, the yeah. July 1st uh, deadline passes. But um, at this point, they're at uh, 48 out of 50. Uh, but the Canadians have relinquished their rights uh, to those three uh, prospects.
0: Yeah, and they also, this week, they did sign somebody to a three-year entry-level contract, and that was defenseman Matthias Norlander, who, of course, one of the more highly regarded prospects. And, of course, when you look at the Canadians the past couple of years, seems to have been a concerted effort to uh, draft some left-shot defensemen, and Norlander, one of those.
1: This is a prospect, Norlander, that, um, that many of the folks who watch uh, uh, this level of hockey are really excited about. Uh, he played his first pro season with Frolunda the powerhouse that is is Frölunda. Yeah. this past season he's um, he's he's a puck moving offensive defenseman um, uh, a little slight in stature 510 uh, 179 uh, but he had a great season played 37 games uh, had uh, five goals five assists and then uh, played well in the playoffs too so um, the Canadians have locked him up with an ELC and 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 uh, uh, we'll see what happens to him uh, next year, although I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, heading back to forlunda again.
0: Yeah, Rick, so we should say to be sure to head over to AHL.Report and listen and subscribe to the Press Own Montreal podcast. This week, the latest episode, you had Patrick Williams on the show. He's always a fascinating listen. To hear all the sort of lowdown on the AHL and how things are progressing there, and he sort of touched on the uh, the playoffs for that one for the one division in the AHL that did have the playoffs. So it's always it's always a fascinating listen when you guys have Patrick on the show. But yes, uh, listen and subscribe, share the podcast, the press zone. It is a tremendous tremendous listen each and every week uh, with Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens.
1: And we'll just remind uh, yeah. folks that um, even though the AHL season is over. Uh, that Rocket Sports, we're not taking a break. The Press Zone it comes out each and every week, every Tuesday. Uh, there's there's still news coming out on uh, on AHL Report, but particularly the Press Zone. And and it, we should remind folks that um, Canadians Connection uh, continues right through the playoffs, right through. Uh, the 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 draft and and the expansion draft and free agency and and we've got we've got a lot of information coming for you so make sure to tell your friends and uh, share this podcast as well.
0: Yeah, there's no off season, absolutely no off season here. So <laughs> that's gonna keep coming. But Rick, uh, we should get to uh, one of the bigger stories coming out of of this week. It is the Jake Evans injury and the Mark Shifley suspension uh, and Mark Shifley um, with the hit on Jake Evans as Evans was going it was a dump by Tyler Toffoli down the ice Jake Evans was quick to it He got there first beat out the icing and then uh, Wrapped it around the other side on his backhand tucked it away and as he did so Mark Shifley came in uh, Having generated a tremendous amount of forward momentum Coming back from the Canadian zone and delivered a body check to Jake Evans uh, unfortunately uh, Evans was down on the ice it did not look good right away and it was um, a little bit as I said um, the second consecutive game one of the the North Division playoffs where you've had that happen in a game one where a guy's been stretchered off the ice and the eerie silence in the arena you never like to see that you never like to to watch and uh, it was a very scary moment and um, Rick, so I, I guess we'll start with just general thoughts on the play and then we'll get into the reaction and get into players and coaches, the suspension and everything else that comes with it. Because as I said, uh, this, is a, this is a big story, at line coming out of this week, lots of different areas to go into. But Rick, I, I said as it, as it happened, I said that it was a disgusting hit. And look, I, I don't think that my view on the hit has changed all that much. But as details come out and things emerge, it sort of evolves a little bit over time. I still think that that is a play that Mark Shifley cannot make, that that is simply he built up, regardless of if he relented a little bit at the end, he had just built up too much forward momentum coming, that he had to be aware that regardless of what happened, regardless of his intention, which, as he said, it was to cut off Evans at that post, it was always going to end poorly it was just he had built up way too much forward momentum and it got me thinking about how last year unfortunately Mark Shifley's playoffs came to an abrupt end um, because of a hit by uh, Matthew Kachuk where Kachuk unfortunately stepped on the back of, uh, of Shifley's leg with his skate in an area there isn't any protection and unfortunately that was the end of it and Matthew Kachuk Is an interesting name to consider because I remember back to last year and the Battle of Alberta started to heat up because um, Matthew Kachuk was laying hits on Zach uh, Zach Cassian, excuse me, as Cassian was making his way around the net and the net as an obstacle. It, there was a conversation about if that is a dirty hit if a guy coming around the net and having a guy meet him at the post If he is engaged with another defender if that is a dirty hit obviously in this instance Evans wasn't engaged with another defender But he was met at the post with somebody who was ready to hit him who was ready to really um, make a, a big hit here and It just to me it didn't really sit well um, and of course the outcome i think is is what everybody immediately thinks of first and, and that plays into my perception on the hit but it just felt to me like a play that mark shifley i know that this game happens so fast it, it, it is that way it's that way in every sport but um it just felt to me a play where mark shifley had to let up a little bit because if the perception is and we're going to be getting to this in a minute if the perception is that Mark Scheifele was suspended because of the injury, then it's a play that he can't make because the injury was inevitable with all the forward momentum that he had built up to get to the point to make the hit. So that to me is where I'm at with the hit. And yeah, it's, it's been a hot topic of conversation, Rick. There's been a lot of, of reaction to it. Uh, But what would you say were your initial general thoughts on how it unfolded
1: well my initial thoughts um you know the first thing at the point of impact uh, all i could type on twitter was oh my god get him help yeah Um, yeah and um because you knew immediately uh the way that um jake evans flew through the air yeah um and and he was already out. He was already unconscious. And then his head hit the ice. Um, that that the the outcome of this was was just terrible. And you feared the worst. You absolutely. I did. I feared the yeah. worst. And um, I, I know Jake Evans. Uh, we've interviewed Jake Evans many times. We were in the building. Um, you know, the, the rookie tournament when, when, um, you know, many talk about the, the three previous concussions he, he had and the first one during the ro- rookie tournament, we, we were there, um, yeah. and it was ugly then, it, but this was, um, the force, um, with, with Jake Evans coming around the net and, and with Shifley, it was just, um, you know, as ugly as, uh, an ugly, as ugly as scene as, as you can imagine in hockey. Um, yeah. It was uh, disturbing. It was, um, you know, your 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 heart's in your throat, um, just wanting him to to be revived and wanting him to, because uh, it, it 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 was terrible. Um, yeah. And, um, I think, then it was um, after you can sit and and take a look at the play and take a look at it normal speed at slow speed. Um, and then all of the, all of the layers of this story start coming out and all of the sub stories start coming out. Um, and, and with respect to, um, Shifley himself, with respect to Jake Evans, with respect to the department of player safety, with respect to the way fans reacted to it. Um, uh, the coaches on either side, the, the, all of uh, and and um, people from the hockey world uh who started reacting to this, and this just got the, the story got very complicated. But your first, yeah, your first um instinct is um, you know, just be okay, Jake, just be okay. And and one of the first messages I got was from our colleague Amy Johnson, and and talked, uh, sh- I don't remember exactly what it said, but it said something about. Imagine his parents watching this, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it just puts you into that situation where, um, mm, uh, you know, uh, y- you can't, you can't fathom, um, th- what they're going through. Um, and um, it-, it was, it was just an awful incident. Now, you know, f- uh, for those that don't know, um, Jake Evans is doing better. He's out indefinitely, yeah. as we said in in. Uh, when we talked about injuries uh but uh that uh, he seems to be he seems to be getting better yeah. um breaking off the, the 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 little parts of the story one of the one of the parts that i found i found peculiar and and uh as i've mentioned before my brother is um advanced paramedic uh, one of the best mm-hmm. and one of the top ones in ontario and um, message with him and, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing reports that Jake Evans didn't go to the hospital. What's with that? He said, no, that's, that can't, that, that can't be, that can't yeah. be given the force, given the, um, history, given that can't be, uh, he said, you know, the arenas these days are very well equipped. There's x-ray facilities and, and, and all of that, but he had to, but, um, Paul Wilson, uh, communications director uh, Dominic Charm both said Jake Evans did not go to the hospital, and that just strikes me odd, and I don't know why. Um, I, yeah. You know, it's not like I thought. Oh, I've got it. Uh, it's it's they don't want to break the COVID bubble. But Tavares went to the yeah, hospital to the and hospital, came yeah. and came back. Um, a very peculiar decision. By the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, they said that they had two doctors with him there in the hotel. They were in Winnipeg at the time overnight, uh, and they collectively determined that that he didn't need to go to the hospital. That, that's just—I don't know what to think about that. I don't yeah. know if right, wrong. It's—it's—it's it's, it's one of the. We're, we're going to go through a number of these things, but one of yeah, the yeah. one of the bizarre parts of this this story, um, yeah. to me.
0: Yeah, I mean it is. It is, and I mean I'm sure, if it had progressed to a point where they felt it necessary, perhaps it would have changed and he would have gone. But it still seems, given his history, a little bit peculiar that they would not immediately just get him to the hospital just for just out of precaution at, at first, and then if if he's okay after after that point, then go from there. But you'd yeah, th- a little bit think, odd.
1: You'd think that any player, Jake Evans, any player who who yeah. is knocked unconscious, yeah you you you'd want to take them you want them, them to go yeah you know they always use the phrase out of an abundance of caution
0: yeah yeah this is an yeah this is an area where you probably probably use that but yeah rick as you said so there's a lot of different ways to go off on here and and you know of course the fan reaction initially um it, you know as i said i did not like the hit uh, many didn't um but there was also and i think that this was Necessary to point out and Jets fans did so as did many others Mark Shifley not a dirty player not a guy that has a history of things like this He is somebody that does play the game um, With uh, you know, a lot of respect for his opponents And and I talked about it last year when he got hurt by Matthew Kachuk And Paul Maurice was very adamant that that was a dirty play uh, Mark Shifley said you know what no I talked with Matthew Kachuk I know that this is a game that happens very quickly and he didn't try to injure me. I know that. And so so Mark Shifley is somebody that just has a lot of respect for the players around him. So there was an effort to point out that he is not a dirty player, which obviously I think was met with a little bit of a little bit of blowback in terms of, you know, having seen what just transpired. There was a little bit of emotion happening that you felt that maybe some felt it necessary to go against that. But yeah, that was the sort of interesting, That was the dynamic initially that I saw forming on social media. Was the is Mark Shifley a dirty player? Some feeling it was necessary to make that known that he he just isn't.
1: And and that comes into it. Of course, it comes yeah. into it. And and we're going to talk about Department of Player Safety. But but history um, comes into this. And uh, for anyone who's watched Mark Shifley. He he's not. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the, you can count on one hand uh, the the number of hits he had in the uh, Edmonton series. Yeah. Um, you know, he's played over six hundred games in the NHL, and and he said he he's never had a, a charging uh, penalty. Um, uh, he might have had a fight. You know, he's not the kind of misconduct kind of guy. Um, uh, we had the, the the Lady Bing awards out uh, or nominees out this morning. He very yeah. well could have been part of that. Twelve penalty minutes uh, this past year. Um, he, he's not. Uh, he he's a, a a big player, but he doesn't necessarily play physically. So um, I think the fan reaction immediately was uh, certainly on, uh, and 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 I'm 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 certain that our uh, f- our fans. Uh, still are emotional about this. And if you want to yes. uh, yeah. uh, you know, add your two cents, go to the All Habs uh, uh, fan page on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash All Habs, all one word, All Habs. Um, and and there's all kinds of, we're, we're over 44,000 fans who have, have uh, subscribed or, or who have, have liked the page and who are there uh, regularly. and We have... Uh, through the playoffs, uh, a, a lot of more casual fans, so uh, the comments are flowing, and and be sure to add yours. But there, the the, the comments um, were that Shifley should be suspended from the, for the season. He should be suspended from the NHL forever. He should be, um, and I think, um, I think we have to talk about that when we get into what the suspension yeah. was about what what you, what are the parameters. Um, the the comment that I saw most frequently, um, are, are, I, I should say too, that uh, our text line, 5853ROCKET, uh, 5853 5853ROCKET, 5853 i got a number of texts. Info at allhabs.net is our email. Info at allhabs.net is our email. So uh, we get lots of, of reaction there too. The most common one is that Mark Shifley should be charged with assault.
2: Mm.
1: He should be charged uh, by police um, that that this was this was criminal. And the line was, um, if you can't do it on the street, you shouldn't be able to do it in in a in a sporting event. And, and I understand we're dealing at playoff time. We're dealing with with fans who who maybe are more casual um, uh, sports fans. Um, yeah. But um, let's apply that to that same logic to um, boxing.
0: Yeah. I when mean, you
1: punch somebody in the face on, on the street.
0: You can. It won't end well. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it, I mean, yeah. Uh,
1: NA, yeah. NFL football, well, any kind of football Tackling, for that matter. Yeah. Um, uh, rugby. Um, yeah. how, how, about, um, how about F1? Can you yeah. do 350 kilometers an hour on, on the highway, um, you know, on the street, so to speak, a NASCAR? Yeah. Can you crash a car into somebody else and, mm. and have no consequences? I mean, the whole thing about, um, you know, this was, this was assault that should be dealt with criminally. If you can't do it on the street, you shouldn't be able to do it on the ice is, is uh, to be kind, silly. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that isn't the answer. That isn't the answer to bring. Uh, and, and I understand the frustration, the inconsistency with respect to the Department of Player Safety. Uh, but my goodness, uh, that isn't the answer. And and you know what? There there was. It's funny. We talked about the uh, the, the the Dynasty by Decade po- uh, podcast, and and uh, we talked about the the Broad Street Bullies, uh, who the Canadians faced in um, the 1976 Stanley Cup. And uh, on the way to that uh, final, cup final, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, and I t- go to the podcast and I tell the story, Philadelphia Flyers faced the Toronto Maple Leafs and stemming from that series, Philadelphia, I believe it was three players who were charged by police. Mm. But that wasn't for incidents on the ice. It was because they went after fans in the stands. yeah. You know yeah so yeah. that's a whole different thing yeah uh, but but please um please i know you're emotional i know you're upset for uh jake evans but please this is it bringing the 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 law enforcement into this is not the way to solve any issues uh inconsistency issues in hockey
0: yeah and you know it's it's a contact sport and i mean uh, mark shifley was talking about this in a, in a different context but um, he was saying how when you're a professional athlete, it comes with the territory. Some of the things, unfortunately, that, that were being said, and it sort of ties into the fan reaction as well, because unfortunately, Mark Shifley's uh, family has been subject to um, some, some really awful treatment as well. Um, calls, all sorts of things, bullying, you know, this the, Mark Shifley said, you know, he, is, he signed up for this. This is what he signed up for. It comes with the territory. But it's always disappointing to see somebody's family get wrapped up in in something like this. It it does not concern them, and it is deeply troubling that there is anybody that would involve Mark Shifley's parents or sister or brother in, in this. It just is not necessary, and quite frankly, I mean, it's not necessary to go after Mark Shifley either in the way that some have, but we're here. And unfortunately, it's not only been that his family has been subject to that type of treatment, that he has been subject to that type of treatment. But there's also the insinuation that there are other factors at play here with Mark Shifley. And this is where it gets really troubling. There's aspects of this story that just go too, too far. And we saw that this week, the insinuation that drugs were at play with Mark Scheifele. you know, things like that. It just there's a lot of this story that, you know, if you, I think the hit itself is egregious and dangerous and needs to be rooted out, but there are those that are going beyond that into personal life. And that is something that is, is not okay in any way, shape or form.
1: So um uh, just to, and I know what you're getting at and, and that involves yeah. some media members and, and, but just before we leave the fans, um, I'll just say if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan and um, you've you've called for, um, you know, an attack on Mark Shifley or his uh, family, um, find a different podcast because we don't want yeah. you. Um, we yeah. just don't. Um, I've I've seen some absolutely disgusting things, uh, mostly on Twitter. Um, not so much from from our folks uh, uh, on uh, on Facebook, uh, at, at least our, our group on Facebook, but uh, they've gone into gone after his family, uh, as you said, threatened them with messages, with phone calls, um, and and what's most disgusting is uh, and we've seen this with Ryan Paling as well. Uh, Mark Shifley is is uh, has strong Christian beliefs. Uh, as as does his family, uh, Mark Shifley. He's he, he's he's uh, ribbed uh, um, because he doesn't use profanity, um, mm-hmm. and and uh, talking about and classing Christians or the Christian belief or the the relig- his religious background as somehow making him a violent person, and all of this is utter nonsense, uh, absolute trash and garbage. And uh, please uh, don't engage in it. And if you're engaging in it and and continue to do so, uh, we just don't want you part as a, a part of our um, uh, Montreal Canadiens community. Um, yeah, there, there was, in, in it goes beyond uh, fans to the media uh, with some of them suggesting that, uh, you know, making a list of, of the various, uh, substances that that could have caused this, and and talked about um, Mark Shifley as being uh, wild-eyed and and crazed and bloodthirsty and head hunting, and um, uh, you you have you have media on one side and some former players saying that this is <clears throat> Jake Evans's fault because he had his head down. That's garbage. You have the other folks saying that that uh, um, uh, Shifley is predatory and headhunting and 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 uh, you know bloodthirsty. That's garbage. Those two extremes, both garbage. It wasn't Jake Evans's fault at all, um, and and he he isn't to blame. But neither is Shifley uh, the kind of, of of player that that you're painting him to be. Um, and if you look at his history, if you look at the way he plays, um, he's he's one of the, the the players in the league that gets probably less attention uh, that uh, than he deserves. A protege of Dale Howerchuk. Uh, and and I defy anybody to to make those you know that, that character characterization about Dale Howerchuk. Um, listen, this this. This is uh this was a terrible emotional incident but um let's keep our heads and 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 let's not get carried away with uh, outrageous characterizations of of either side. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so with that sort of extreme the extremes of this situation dealt with, I think getting into the reactions of the players and the coaches involved um Really, for me, uh, I don't think I I wasn't surprised by anything that was said other than Dominique Ducharme. I thought that his uh, characterization of the event and the response of the Winnipeg Jets when he said that there wasn't a level of concern uh, from them that there was with the John Tavares injury. uh, and, And I think just bringing that up immediately and in sort of claiming to have some sort of moral high, high ground in this situation was was wrong from Jump. That was just not the way to go, especially considering Nikolai Ehlers' response, which, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, and of course, Ehlers shielding Evans from the scrum that ensued, but... I, everyone else, I think, said just about what you would expect them to say. You had Paul Maurice on the jet side defending his player, saying it was a heavy hit, that he thought that it was it was not, you know, that it was, was you know, a clean play, um, in, in his words. Um, and, you know, I can disagree with the way that he went about it, but I can also say that that's exactly what I expected Paul Maurice to do for his player in that spot. And to point out the fact that Mark Scheifele is the kind of player that he is that has not you know, had single number hits uh, against the Edmonton Oilers in that uh, very physical series. So for me, I, I, I completely I'm, I'm OK and I, I understand where where Paul Maurice is coming from here. The players, Ed, uh, Gallagher saying that, you know, Mark Shifley knows better than that, that he can't, you know, it's just a play that he can't make. And, you know, I, I can completely understand what the emotion of that situation. And for Joel Edmondson, uh, saying that he was going to make that that the Canadians, should Shifley be back in this series, make his life uh, miserable. Um, and that was one that caught a lot of, of attention. And, and I know that we have a bit of a different viewpoint on that one in particular. And that was one for me where I think of it in the same sort of context as I think of if you are a pitcher in baseball and you see a guy being one of your batters with a 95-mile-per-hour fastball, it is, it is your responsibility as a pitcher on the on the opposing team To at least buzz the tower and make the guy feel uncomfortable at the dish. To let the other pitcher know that's not going to be tolerated. That you can't do that without having to pay some sort of a price. Not in the same way. As I said here two weeks ago, not a fan of the code. I don't think that anyone should should be forced to fight. I don't like that idea. However, for Joel Edmondson, I mean, it's his MO. It is the MO of the Canadian's blue line. To try to make Mark Scheifele, Austin Matthews, whoever's out there, make their lives as miserable as possible. So, so long as no one crosses the line, I'm okay with that particular sentiment. Because I just don't know if there's anything else for guys to say in that spot. I think that's more a byproduct of, you just saw something incredibly troubling happen to a teammate. and, And what else are you really going to say in that particular moment? So for me when I look at everything that was said after that, I think the only thing that I took a a lot of issue with was was Dominic Ducharme. And he walked some of it back the next day. He walked it back and gave credit to Nikolai Ehlers, but the insinuation that there wasn't anybody concerned to the level that the Canadians were concerned with for John Tavares, uh, he lost me from that point on. Uh, (laughs) So for me, that was the viewpoint that I had. Everyone basically said, what about I expected them to say?
1: Yeah, that was that was Dominic Ducharme showing his um, I- incredible inexperience, um, and and to to try and say we're better than yeah. than you guys it, yeah. because we showed more empathy when when Tavares that that was um, that was childish, um, and and didn't need to be said, and and not only that, um, it, it uh, and and I understand that that there was some. Um, there was some chatter back and forth between the benches as there would be after an event like that. And, um, Canadians players were saying to, to the Winnipeg bench, how dirty they were. And, and Winnipeg bench was saying, you know, what about Tavares and all that kind of stuff? Uh, but it was apparently Blake Wheeler that came in and said to his bench enough, enough, uh, at the moment. Um, and so, for for Ducharme to to see all that and say uh, we were more sympathetic um, is silly. It 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 um, it it just it just wasn't serving anybody any purpose whatsoever, and it was false because, as you said, uh, Nick Ehlers certainly was yeah. uh, the Good Samaritan in, in that instance. Um, as far as Edmondson, um, it, it was it was not. I, I didn't disagree with his emotion. I disagree. It, it, it was a dumb thing to say, really dumb. Um, and uh, uh, Brendan Gallagher had said, uh, you know, they had all got their marching orders before any of them went before the media. Uh, and Paul Wilson had told every single one of them, you don't answer questions. All you say is the league is going to uh, uh, deal with this. Edmondson went one step further and said, uh, "Oh yeah, Whitley comes back. We're going to make his life miserable." Um, you use the 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 um, uh, example about the 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 baseball. I'm, I'm buzzing the, and th- that happens uh, in baseball. However, if that starting pitcher had said, uh, went before the, the media and said, "My next start, I'm going to yeah. be sure to throw at yeah X player." Um, you know that the league, that the umpires, the would would have him under incredible scrutiny, and and that's all I was saying with respect to Edmondson, that it was just dumb because it just invited extra scrutiny, and that if Edmondson did anything, um, he was he was going to be, you know, those are known as as premeditative um, uh, yeah. comments, and those are those are something that that the league. Uh, really looks looks at. Uh, could I understand uh, Edmondson's emotion? Absolutely. Was it dumb for him to verbalize it? Yes. That that's that's all I'll say about that. Um. As far as as Paul Maurice, um, yes, he was he was protecting his his player, uh, his star player, his number one center, his player who led the team in points this season um but if you if you kind of parse his words um there's there's not much uh, you know he talked about uh, Shifley not leaving his feet and i know that the canadians fans with emotion will disagree with me but but objectively objectively at the point of impact Shifley did not leave his feet yes because there was so much uh, kinetic energy, uh, with the, the impact that, that he fell forward as, as Evans tumbled, but at the, he didn't launch himself into, he didn't leave his feet to launch himself into Evans. So Maurice was correct about that. As far as him, it being a shoulder hit, uh, into the chest of, of Evans, that's correct. Uh, although it extended up and into his head, but, but, um, uh you know, talking about Shifley keeping his uh, his arms tight to his body and all of that. So was it a clean hit? If you look at the hit, if you look at the impact, it was clean. Yeah, what wasn't clean was all the energy that was yeah. was built up before that. and that is the classic definition of charging. That's why it was yeah. wrong. That's why he got the uh, the major penalty, that's why he got the match penalty. And and that's what the the uh, Department of Player Safety had to look at when they were determining this the suspension. Uh, it wasn't you can't look at the, the hit in isolation. It was all the energy built up as he skated yeah. halfway uh, across the rink uh, to deliver the hit to um, uh, to Evans.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, that's really where it, where it comes down to. So with that, so. Shifley gets suspended four games and he talks about that yesterday uh, before the game and you know, he obviously, um, you know, he said he thought it was a bit excessive um, But yeah, as you said, it was simply uh, With the amount of yeah, as you said forward momentum the energy expended to get to the post to meet Evans there As he said to try to make a hockey play um, It was always going to end I um, it wasn't going to end well, uh, unfortunately. So he gets four games for that. Um, that to me was a little bit of a surprise um, because you get to this point in the playoffs, you don't really know, and especially the department, the Department of Player Safety in general, you don't really know. There's never uh, you can never really feel safe about a suspension happening or not. But four games, I thought, um, I-, I was surprised by that. I thought if you got two, maybe three. Like, that, is, that was the, the highest I thought it could have gotten for Mark Shifley. Uh, yet, here we are. He's he's going to be suspended for four games. He already missed one, so there's three more to go.
1: Um, I know it doesn't satisfy emotional Habs fans, but this was a stiff suspension. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was a precedent-setting suspension, and and the interesting thing, as we talked in our, our Rocket Sports Slack group, there's there wasn't. Um, you're trying to look at comparables, and there really wasn't. This was this no. was a pretty unique situation, yeah. um, and you know, various media people talked about uh, suspensions and how um, in the playoffs they're more impactful, so that. So that a a, a one-game suspension in the regular season, um, or or sorry, a one-game suspension in the, in say the first round of the playoffs is worth like two, uh, a two-game suspension in the regular season uh, because of the, you know, the short compact playoffs and and how much more important games are. Uh, And once you get into the second round, maybe two and a half or three times uh, what a suspension is. So that kind of factors into it as well um you know when when i when i looked at um folks that that didn't that weren't waving the canadians flag or weren't waving the jets flag folks that that i kind of respect or trust around the league most were saying some were saying zero some were saying one one game suspension uh we had talked about it and and yeah i first i i had kind of said you know um we can't even predict what's going to happen in goalie interference calls. the yeah. the uh, the NHL worm has been so um, inconsistent on that and and the number of games with respect to suspension have been even more unpredictable. Um, but I, I said, you know uh, two two games uh, would seem about right to me that maybe um, three games if they wanted to send a real uh, yeah. message. And, uh, and it was, it was beyond that. Um, I looked at the, there's been 22 suspensions this past year, this, this season, regular season and playoffs. Uh, Mark Shifley's is the third longest. So, um, and the other two are repeat offenders, uh, Kadri and, and, uh, Tom Wilson. So, uh, there, there should be no mistake uh, about it. This was a, a pretty stiff suspension, and yeah. and should s- send a message. Um, the other thing, when I looked and I looked this year, I looked the last year, I looked the year before. Um, one thing we we don't consider, you know, there's there's uh, the playoff history, uh, or sorry, the the suspension history, the the supplementary dis- discipline history that kind of weighs in on this and kind of affects the, sus- the suspension, the length of su- the suspension. Uh, that's kind of well known. Um, you know, there's some talk about whether being a star player affects uh, the length of, of a suspension. You know what seems to affect? It's whether you're in a, a, a big market or a small market. Small market teams take more suspensions than big market yeah. teams. The, te- the, 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 the teams that have the most value to the league – um and, and so it made me wonder, um, if Shifley plays for the Boston Bruins, is it four games? Um, he plays in a small yeah. market in Winnipeg, um, not a lot of value there. Uh, but if you look over the past few years, there's not a lot of suspensions to uh, the Rangers or the Leafs or or the Canadians for that matter, Blackhawks, yeah. Bruins. Um and and if they do get them, they're usually playing one of the other bigger value. Uh, teams um, yeah uh, you don't want to think that that enters into it but um, uh, it, it, maybe it does um, but uh, I, I guess the bottom line of, of, of that is um, you know the, the league should be the players in the league should be served notice that this kind of play is not what is is uh, that that needs to come out of the game and even even more so for the the nonsense of a Tom Wilson or, or yeah. Reeves or or any of those guys who um, are game in game out uh, looking to 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 exact some some uh, hurt on on people. Um, the, let's hope that that uh, the precedent has been set, and now the Department of uh, Player Safety doesn't waver on it. Uh, that this is they, they go forward from here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because that's all that you really hope to see is, is consistency. And especially for guys like, you know, to think back on now the Tom Wilson incident against the Rangers that he got out of that without a suspension. I mean, that is even more ridiculous now looking back on yeah. it based on what we know. Like that is that is ridiculous. So you just want consistency in everything. And the Department of Player Safety doing their job effectively means that they are consistently handing out punishments that are befitting of the crime. Um, so Rick, the, the an interesting look at this one um, came from Paul Stewart. and uh, I know he's former official, so he's got a good view on this kind of thing. Um, so he essentially laid out that the reason that there was a suspension was because of the severity of the injury for Jake Evans.
1: Two things there. Um, and and I think he's got kind of a a, a case. Um, yeah. That that he said um, uh, that this was all based on the outcome and uh, appeasement. Those were the two words that he used. Outcome first, I think it was the um, spectacular, and I don't use that in a good way. Uh, visual, uh, the optics of of, yeah. of Jake Evans uh, uh, hurtling through, and and you knew. That, that he he hit the ice uh, head first and you knew that he was already out before he hit the ice Th- yeah. the whole uh, the outcome uh, that Stuart's talking about is that that visual that optic uh, that really just um, made everyone sick to their stomach um, and so he said you know a suspension um, if 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 he was ruling that he wouldn't have um, uh, ruled on a on a suspension uh, for Shifley, but but uh, number one, uh, the 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 Department of Player Safety was dealing with the the whole optics of it and the outcome to Jake. The other part of it was the appeasement, and and the appeasement is is basically the huge reaction. And because Montreal Canadiens has a huge fan base, particularly on social media, um, it was appeasing the uh, the outrage. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I, um, he's been in the, he was one of the most respected, uh, of the officials. Um, and, and you got to think that, that there's a part of that, 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 that he knows the ins and outs of the league and, and of officiating. You got to think that, that he's, uh, partly right in that respect, but, um, Uh, you know, you want to hope not, you want to hope that it's, it's far more objective, far more. And and then once it becomes objective, then it becomes far more consistent. That's what you'd hope. But maybe, maybe Paul Stewart is telling us, uh, um, a dirty truth, um, about the NHL. And, and, and then once you read it that way, then you can understand why the rulings have been so wildly inconsistent.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, Especially and you can then start to see where Mark is coming from when he's talking about it being a little bit excessive in his view Because when we talked about it, I don't think we saw four games in 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 the realm of possibility, right? We both said two to three and two three you're getting lucky You're yeah. three you're getting a little bit, you know further along But yeah, it, it didn't it came as a surprise and I know that Shifley yesterday and his availability as I said was saying that he was you know Just trying to meet Evans at the post and he was just preparing for a lot of different things And as that hit became uh, more and more likely as he drew closer He uh, unfortunately yeah as he said he, he stayed compact and I, yeah He did not propel himself upward though. He did at, at a certain point Have to leave his feet given the extent of the contact, but that became that that came after the fact so I mean yeah, it it is, as I said, uh, the Department of Player Safety, you hope for consistency. And it feels like maybe with this ruling, we're starting to get there. But if other factors play into it, like you said, and like Paul Stewart pointed out, uh, that that doesn't paint a great picture.
1: One thing that I don't think played... Any kind of role in this with respect to the Department of Player Safety? And when we, we talk about the Department of Player Safety, it's George Peros. Um we, yeah. we can say that. Uh, there was an article in the, the Ottawa Sun uh, by uh, Don Brennan um, and uh, a, 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 an editorial column. And the uh, title of the article is Paros helps out old team with suspension to choir boy Shifley. That is three games too many. Um, And he starts, in case anyone has forgotten, George Peros ended his nine-year playing career in 2013-14 with the Montreal Canadiens. Talk about... All things we, we talked about what's garbage and this is yeah. garbage. This is utter garbage. The fact that that Peros in his his brief uh, cup of coffee with the Montreal Canadians that that had anything to do with this the any yeah. reason there were that's utter garbage. Um, I' I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Don Brennan. I don't know you. Uh, but yeah. that's a garbage article.
0: And also, the Canadians were on the end of three plays this year. That arguably should have been suspensions: yes. Dylan Dubé on Kotkaniemi, Myers Armia? on Ar- Armia, and Goodbranson yeah. on Evans. Yeah, three times where yeah they did not get any supplemental discipline, and on the Kotkaniemi one, Montreal was actually given a penalty because Ben Sherat reacted to it. <laughs> so that is in yeah that's that's just a ridiculous assertion, um, but yeah. So four games is the number, and as as we said again, we should probably we should point out. Uh, Shout out to Nikolai Ehlers and shout out to the linesman as well. Keel Murchison
1: uh, is the linesman. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Nick Ehlers. For, uh,
0: yeah, separating, keeping them away.
1: Yeah. Ehlers, uh, you know, he used his his entire wingspan. uh, Yeah. Both arms outstretched, his back to the scrum, uh, trying to keep uh, players who were obviously upset with Shifley. There was some jostling going on, trying to keep players away from... uh, uh Evans who was lying prone and unconscious um and and great on him for doing that yeah. the linesman um who's not getting as much uh, credit and he deserves equal amount of credit Murchison yeah. uh he didn't go to the scrum at all he went directly to to Evans knelt yep. down um and uh he was the one who who was motioning for uh, medical help uh both of them uh for their humanity and and uh and 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 realizing that that you had to drop Ehlers, particularly the, the competitive nature at that moment to help out a, a, a fellow player was uh, was remarkable and should be commended.
0: Absolutely, it was a great image. Um, you know, uh, well, obviously not a great image, but it was great to see that type of sportsmanship, and that image was shared around. Of of uh our ehlers shielding uh jake evans from the fray but uh rick i suppose we've had uh, quite a bit to say about uh, about this uh, entire situation and in segment three we do have the question of the week uh was the four game suspension imposed by the department of player safety to mark shifley enough so we'll get to some responses later on in the show but uh rick uh, we'll move on to get to uh, some hockey news and uh, the Buffalo Sabres uh, won the NHL Draft Lottery this week. A little less controversy surrounding this year's Draft Lottery than last year's. Uh, so uh, the Buffalo Sabres, they had a, uh, a pretty miserable season. <laughs> and they get, uh, they get rewarded with the first overall pick, uh, presumably Owen Power. It seems like the Owen Power sweepstakes this year, but who knows. Uh, but yes, another first round or first overall pick. For the Buffalo Sabers this
1: year, so uh, yeah, I watched it as as mm-hmm. as we did. It was it was uneventful, um, yeah. and people were complaining that it was uneventful, uh, but. Uh, uh, they complained last year or certainly the teams did too. it was too eventful <laughs> That was too eventful there was too much movement right? <laughs> yeah so um as you said uh, buffalo had a, a miserable season so shouldn't they getting should they not be getting the the first round pick and and yes owen power uh, owen power had a good season at at the university of michigan uh, remember there was a bit of controversy when his coach wouldn't allow him to uh, yeah. attend the world juniors um, and uh, didn't want to lose him. Um, but he has. Uh, he's been part of this uh, uh, Team Canada uh, team in the World champ. He's looked pretty good. He's fit right in. Yeah. Hasn't looked uh, out of place at all. I, I should give you, uh, Joe, we have an update. We now know mm-hmm. who uh, Canada's opponent will be in that gold medal game. Uh, Finland beat Germany 2-1. to one. Oh, there and, we go. Uh, so the gold medal game will be Canada versus Finland uh which is always a it's a great That's rivalry. A great game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the US will face uh Germany in the bronze game. Uh but back to on Power. Um yeah. you know, he's <laughs> he's uh, he's the safe pick for a Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, but he's not the he's not the sexy sexy pick for a Buffalo mm-hmm. because uh they need scoring. They need scoring they help. Do. Um, yeah, and they picked and
0: they picked Holtz last year that that could that will help, yeah. But but yeah, it's especially when you have Daleen already to pick another left shot defenseman. I mean, especially when you do need goal scoring the way that they do. Yeah,
1: it's going to be interesting. the The only movement uh, was that uh, the Seattle Kraken went from mm-hmm. three to two, um, yeah. and uh, and bumping down the the uh, Anaheim Ducks. So. Uh, who will pick third, but, um, no, we have the, the, the first, we had the lottery pick and, and and the other, um, piece of news in there was that, uh, Arizona was stripped of, of their pick, uh, their first round pick because of their, um, meddling in in the, in the combine scouting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, congratulations to the Buffalo Sabres and, and, uh, We'll be getting to to all things draft uh, mm-hmm. very soon, uh, but the draft lottery is the first uh, item that we've checked off the list.
0: Yeah, and for the Toronto Maple Leafs fans that decided to sever ties and hop on the Kraken bandwagon, <laughs> pretty excited to get the number two pick in go. this year's <laughs> draft. So, And yes, uh, great for the city of Seattle as well. So uh, Rick, uh, with that said, I guess we'll take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, We're gonna look at how the Canadians managed to turn this all around after game four against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, A young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today.
0: and welcome back to the canadians connection podcast here on rocket sports radio i'm joe whalen you can find me on twitter at joe whalen 19 with me in studio is the president and founder of rocket sports rick stevens you can follow him on twitter at all habs and you can follow at habs connection on twitter facebook and instagram and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. uh so rick uh we're going to look at how the Canadians in this segment, how they have turned this all around because they've won now five consecutive games in this past regular season. They did not have a win streak of more than three games. And yet here they are with five consecutive wins at the most important time of the year. Uh, they've managed to find a way to get Carry price, some run support. They've managed to play just a little bit better. Uh, In front of him, though, of course, he is still making uh, some pretty incredible saves. So they're still giving away those chances. uh, But he is just simply uh, playing incredibly well. And we knew that going into game six last week. Because when we talked about how the Canadians measured up against the Leafs, we gave the Canadians the edge in goaltending. Because Carey Price was simply incredible. And he has continued to be incredible. But... They weren't going to get out of that series unless some other things started to happen. And some other things did start to happen. So, Rick, I I guess we'll start with how are they doing this? Like I said, this is a team that in the regular season did not have more than three consecutive wins at any point. They did not have a four-game win streak, and they certainly did not have a five-game win streak. Here they are in the playoffs with five consecutive wins. How is this happening?
1: (laughs) It's, uh, well, let, let's first and foremost um, put an end to, to any kind of discussion. There, there seems to be a, a real concerted effort um, by the media, and, and I, I get it. The, the the mainstream, the Montreal media, they don't like Kerry Price. They don't like him. They don't yeah. like him. Um, and it's, um, you know, he you're not going to get the best quotes from him. Um, yeah. and, and he goes out and he's polite and he does his media availability, uh, but he doesn't, he's not going to give you the, the, the juicy quote. Why is that? Because, um, two reasons. One is, uh, the media have been absolutely brutal to him, um, uh, mm-hmm. no matter what he says. So he, he's very careful what he says. Uh, he doesn't give too much. You know, uh, uh, Joel Armia says the same thing. To gave the advice to uh, Yespari Kanyemi. Don't give them too much because they'll they'll use it. Um, And um, our 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 friend uh, Chris G. uh, Texted last night and and said that in two questions, uh, two question response to uh, the Gazette, who have been brutal towards Carey Price uh, all season. They've been saying Carey Price. A couple weeks into the season, they were saying Carey Price is is, uh, uh, a terrible goalie. Um, And uh, they were very strong on the fact that Jake Allen should have started the playoffs. Um, And in Carey Price's response to two questions from the Gazette last night, he used a total of four words, said Chris. And and, um, it's not that he was being rude. It's uh, he answered their question directly, uh, succinctly. Um, without giving them anything that they could twist and turn and, and uh, use to, to uh, uh, trash him. And, uh, you know, even in The Athletic, um, after Game 7, um, uh, I'm not even going to mention his name. Um, he said that, uh, that Carey Price was irrelevant to Game 7, uh, that he had nothing to do with it, that it was a total team win, and that um, that uh, uh, you know, Price uh, um, may have been um, a factor before, but uh, what you what can you? But wasn't a, a factor in Game Seven, and what can you expect from such a divisive player? And I thought, wow, what is wrong with you people? Yeah. Um, we know that Kerry Price has been. Kerry Price not only stole games in. Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, first in, in the first round, uh, he stole that that entire uh, series. Uh, there's no way that um, that the Canadians get past uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs with Jake Allen in net. with all due respect to Jake Allen, uh, there, it, it just doesn't happen. Uh, Stefan Wait would would uh, would back that up. Um, yeah. Carey Price says, and and Carey Price has done it. Not just this year. He did it last year in the bubble. That's why the Penguins were afraid to face him. Um, 2020, a 936 save percentage in the, in the playoffs. 2017, 933. 2015, 920. Uh, 2014, 919. Um, this season, 6-3 um, and three record, 208 goals against, 935 save percentage in the playoffs. Um, He's he's doing it, and, and yet there seems to be um, uh, a real concerted effort to diminish uh, his contribution uh, to where they are, and that is two games up on the Winnipeg Jets.
0: Yeah, so let's just point out that, as I said off the top of the show, as Amy Johnson said on the press zone, the Canadians are not here. This, the Canadians, and the, their season is long over without Carey Price and his brilliance against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That is simply, it's an unavoidable truth. And to try to, you know, say that any other guy has been the primary reason why the Montreal Canadiens are where they are is just, it's its wrong. It's simply wrong because Carey Price has been incredible. That's not to say that there hasn't been contributions from other other guys yeah there had to have been for them to get to this point they needed other guys to break through but carry price in games one through four even the three losses gave the canadians opportunities to stick around in those games and you know one of them was a 2-1 loss like they were right there but the canadians simply could not get the offense they found some offense they found a little bit better as that series went on, if we're going to talk about standouts aside from Carey Price, because I think we can both agree, as we both pointed out, this, they're not here. <laughs> this is not happening. We're not having this conversation about being up 2-0 in the second round without Carey Price. So if we can acknowledge that and then say who has stood out and who has made that difference and given Kerry Price the support that he needs, well, first of all, I think Carey Price would say, and, and he has said... It's the play of the top four defensemen in front of him. And I mean, they're playing a lot of minutes, which, you know, at some point you have to think, is this sustainable considering the amount of punishment that they're taking and doling out to be fair. But regardless, the play of the top four defensemen in front of Carey Price, they suffocated the Maple Leafs as that series went on. And I mean, you saw guys turning away from checks. They knew they didn't want to go into battles with the likes of Edmondson and Sherrod and Weber and Petrie as, as poorly as he played at the beginning of that series Started to find some footing. Early in that series, Joel Edmondson was carrying Jeff Petrie a little bit because yeah. he was just making error after error after error. And as it went on, got a little bit more comfortable. He started to see a little bit more of the good Jeff Petrie as opposed to the uh, not-so-good Jeff Petrie. But those four guys, the minutes that they have been eating and the, the talent, the top-tier talent they've been playing against Clearing out the front of the net so Carey Price can see. Not all the time. Sometimes they have obstructed his view. Petrie did the other night on the Derek Forbert goal, but that happens. But they've been able to do things. And and also, Joel Edmondson, uh, I don't think I've ever seen him make a breakout pass the way that we've seen him make some breakout passes here. He's at his... Passing has been uh, a little bit of a revelation to me in this playoff series. In the regular season, it was dump. It was dump and get it out, get it out, get it out. He's made some nice crisp outlet passes, one of them that led to uh, Suzuki's goal the other night, that beautiful toe drag. And then also deep in the offensive zone on the stall goal, made the drop pass and then set a bit of a pick so Perry could get free and deliver that pass cross crease to Eric Stahl. Like we're seeing things from Joel Edmondson that quite frankly – I didn't I did not expect to see <laughs> I did not expect to see and and obviously the storyline that surrounded the blue line in the Maple Leaf series was heading into game six zero points from the blue line and then you get into game one against Winnipeg and they're a huge part including Shea Weber who is sprung on the most unlikely breakaway of all time, I think. Speaking of
1: things you haven't seen before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, like, that's, I think, where you start with why the Canadians, who has stepped up aside from Carey Price, because Carey Price has been there since puck drop of game one. I think the top four defense is there. And I also think that Eric Stahl line and their cycle play down low, Yoel Armie has been an absolute horse. Like, he has just been Battling and battling and battling down low, and and Corey Perry is the same way. And Corey Perry scored some big goals in that uh, in the in Game Six and Seven against the Leafs, and then made that pass uh, to Eric Stahl in uh, Game One against Winnipeg. So for me, I think if you're talking about who stepped up aside from Carey Price, those are the guys that I look at. Um, but it's it's Carey Price. He's the standout. He is the guy that's been head and shoulders above the rest.
1: No, I think you you. Uh you framed that really nicely. And, and uh, certainly with uh, Ben Sherrod, we remember all the criticism of uh, Ben Sherrod in the first uh, four games of the, the Leafs series um, that, uh, that he was having his struggles along with Petrie not making uh, the offensive contributions, but all of those things seem to have, have worked themselves out and, and uh, all four of the, the, the defenseman you've mentioned. The real concern there is uh, the huge minutes that they're logging, and that the Canadians don't have uh, a third pairing that uh, that yeah. that the, the coaching staff can trust. Um, that's the real concern, and and heaven forbid uh, if if the Canadians lose any one of those four to to injury, because that would be uh, devastating. Um, but as far as the forwards, uh, yeah, um, you know, when, when Joel Armia, Joel Armia started the, the playoffs, uh, there was a lot of criticism that what's he doing in the lineup. Uh, but he has been game by game, the most consistent, uh, uh, Canadians forward. Um, he has driven every line that he's been on. And certainly, as you mentioned that line now with Perry and Stahl has been dominant against, uh, against Winnipeg. Um, I saw Dan Robertson, play-by-play play, uh, uh, man, Dan Robertson. Um, he tweeted, Eric Stahl with Montreal in 21 games in the regular season. He had two goals, one assist, and was a minus 10. Uh, postseason, seven games played, one goal, five assists, and a plus two. Uh, he's been very much the playoff performer, has, has yeah. been, uh, as has uh, Perry been. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you even look at the, 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 uh, uh, the points, uh, the points summary for the Canadians, you have Eric Stoll, number two, uh, behind Tyler Toffoli and Corey Perry, number four. Um, amazing, uh, uh, absolutely amazing. And, and, uh, yol Armia is, is number six, uh, although he's, he's doing it with just, um. Boy, his physical nature, tough to, to get the puck and, and uh, creating turnovers. And uh, he's been just uh, game in, game out, the, the best Canadian forward. Um, how about Yasperi Konkanyemi? What a dumb yeah. decision sitting him in game one. <laughs> it gets dumber as we go along. Um, he's leading uh, the, uh, the Canadians with, uh, with four goals in eight games and important goals uh, as well. Uh, all of them uh, were were even strength goals. Um, he's been uh, a horse as well. Uh, Nick Suzuki, uh, third in points, three goals, two assists. Um, he's been uh, playing well. Um, you know some of the others. Uh, I, I had uh, criticized Ty- Tyler Toffoli, who was kind of absent for the better yeah. part of the uh, the Toronto series. Uh, but he's been coming and adding points, and he had an empty netter uh, in the Toronto series, and and he's gotten on track. Uh, Brendan Gallagher was absent for most of of the Toronto yeah. series, uh, but he's uh, he's been improving. Um, I, I think that uh, you know the, the the Canadians are starting to get on the right track, starting to get in sync. The one I'd really like to see more from it, if we're talking forwards is Josh Anderson. I was expecting an yeah. awful lot from Josh Anderson in the playoffs. We just haven't seen it.
0: Yeah, it was game one, game one against the Leafs, and he got the goal, and ever since, it just has not been there. We saw some, made a power move to the net last night, try to jam play on Halibut, but he's just not been noticeable, um, and that's something that you you don't necessarily like to see from a guy like Josh Anderson, because even if he's not scoring and producing, with his, the way that he should be playing, you should notice him a lot of the time. You should notice the physicality. You should notice the speed. It hasn't always been there. And that's just a little bit disappointing from Josh Anderson. But yeah, I mean, the Canadians have been getting a lot of production. And uh, the young guys, I think, I mean, Suzuki, Kotkaniemi, Caulfield, they provided a spark. Caulfield yet to score, which you'd like to see him perhaps be able to, you know, I think on the, on the, Gustafson turnover, which was an awful turnover, you know, it might go it might not go that way if Cole Caulfield shoots on one of those one-timers or let lets a shot go there. I would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive with his shot But I mean he's got two assists. He's been playing. I mean, he was all over the ice last night He's been pretty effective. So the young guys have been bringing it For disappointments. I mean for me, I mean, I think it just goes back to the third pair of the defense, and you brought it up, and you said, I mean, how sustainable is it that you play four guys the minutes that you're playing them, um, and not have guys that you you can even you it's not even a third pair it's it's two guys that are playing as you said it's third it's third pair name only because they're not playing together you can't play them together you can't afford to do that so. For me, it's just disappointing, I guess, to see Gustafson out there. So he would be classified as a disappointment. But that goes really to the organization again. Uh, Dominic Ducharme, Marc van whoever it is, I, to not have Alexander Romanoff, it feels like the 54 games of the regular season that he played were to get to this point to get him some playoff experience. And you're just not taking advantage of that. So that to me, more than any one player or one thing, I think that's the most disappointing thing is that you have a third pair that you can't trust, that you can't play together. And I'm not saying that Alexander Romanov changes that because even if he's playing, perhaps he falls into a similar category and you don't, you know, you still play the four guys, what you're playing them. But it just feels like a missed opportunity not to play him here. So that's really, for me, the the biggest disappointment.
1: No, I, I agree. Um, and and to put uh, now uh, when his confidence has been shaken uh, to 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 toss Alexander Romanov into the middle of a playoff series that's um, that's pretty tough. Um, yeah. Particularly, you know, when you've when you've told him that we we, we don't think you can cope. Um, yeah. Uh, which I, I I don't think was was all that fair. Uh, Caulfield, uh, just to go back there, I I think that, um, uh, he must have been given the green light last night because he hasn't, he's been very careful with his shots, very selective. Last night he was shooting from all over. I think he had five shots, uh, shots on goal. Um, but I think that, that one of the things that, that, uh, if we look collectively, um, is is that the the Canadians are playing different? Remember how they ended the season um, with a five game losing streak, and and nothing was the the wheels had fallen off. Uh, they had lost their confidence, and and uh, there just wasn't anything going right, and they weren't playing with confidence. I th- I I think that's that's really changed, and what's changed is because Carey Price has has been spectacular in goal and so that players know that uh if they make a mistake not the end of the world necessarily uh and and uh that they have the confidence in in price so that they can uh make the the uh the plays that they need to 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 make one uh person that we have not touched on and it's odd Mm -hmm. because um if you were listening to um, any of the broadcasts or the mainstream media, you would think he's the only player on the ice. Um, they're making an awfully big deal about Phil Deneau and the fact that uh, Phil Deneau was the reason that, that the Canadians uh, moved past the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was Phil Deneau who single-handedly shut down Matthews and, and Mar- Marner. Uh, it was Phil Deneau who has um, you know taken this team on his back and, and carried them through. And, and, um, you know, we, we shouldn't make any tie whatsoever, uh, I guess, uh, between when, when the media were crying, <laughs> were, were exasperated, uh, that there were, uh, there was one game game, uh, this season near the end of the regular season when there was no, um, uh, you know, we heard it the first time in a hundred years, there hasn't been a a local player in the lineup. And um, Phil Deneau had a terrible season. There's no two ways about it. Uh, Offensively, defensively, had a terrible season. And now, uh, you know, it seems like he's just added, um, you know, a couple of dozen of player player agents that uh, are working for him to get (laughs) a contract for next season. Um, As far as him shutting down Matthews and Marner, didn't happen. It didn't happen. Uh, Let's be honest, it didn't happen. Uh, Go to John Liu's timeline and take a look. Um, In the game recaps, you can, can, uh, on allhabs.net, you can find that Matthews, Marner, Hyman, uh, did they have their shots? Yes, they had plenty of shots on goal. They had plenty of scoring chances. They had an enormous uh, number of high-danger scoring chances. Uh, But only had, uh, they, you know, uh, came up uh, uh, short when it came to production. Uh, John Liu, he, he uh, tweeted that Price faced the most high-danger uh, scoring chances, uh, f- most high-danger shots uh, faced by any goaltender in the first round, and he was, uh, and I'm not going to remember this right, I think it was top three in terms of high-danger save percentage, um, but was under fire. Uh, if Phil Deneau was shutting down those folks, you wouldn't have all of those scoring chances. And we heard none other than Mitch Marner say, oh, no, I had my chances. I just couldn't hit the back of the net. Yeah. Um, if we look in more kind of traditional, uh, you don't want to look at high-danger scoring chances, let's look at, at uh, uh, the nine games uh, that Phil Deneau has played. Uh, we know he hasn't contributed anything uh, on the offense, despite... Uh, getting 19 and a half minutes uh, of ice time a game. Nine games played, zero goals, one assist, one point. Um, Now, plus minus is not the best statistic, uh, but when you look at how it fits in uh, with the rest of the team, uh, then you can start making, you can't use it in isolation, but you can use it as a comparable with the rest of the team. Uh, Phil Deneau is a minus four. That's worse on the Montreal Canadiens. Um, yeah. Phil Deneau is supposed to be there to take faceoffs. Looks pretty good, fifty maybe fifty percent faceoff percentage, uh, overall. But and that's usually what people quote. But I, I looked at it a little clo- more closely. Phil Deneau has a sixty percent faceoff percentage, in neutral zone faceoffs. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Um, he has a fifty-two percent faceoff percentage in the offensive zone where you want Phil to is the important face offs in the defensive zone, just 44%. Where you want Phil to to be successful is on the penalty kill, just 41%. Um, when you look at scoring chances, when you look at, at high danger scoring chances, Phil to is underwater. Uh, when he's on the ice, the, the opposition gets lots of scoring chances, gets lots of high danger chances this, this notion that um, the the uh, the jets or or uh, the uh, Matthew's Marner uh, combo was shut down by Phil Deneau, thats just a false narr- narrative. I'm sorry, it's a false narrative.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I and I agree with that. And you know, the only thing I'd say is he looks he looks better now than he did in the regular season, which is yes. not saying a whole lot because he didn't look great at all at the regular season. He looked terrible to be honest so he's looked better here and you feel more comfortable with him on the ice now but the narrative that he shut down Matthews is simply not true um you know he shadowed Matthews you can say that but to shut him down uh no that is that is not at all the case those guys had chances Carey Price simply made saves and that is why the Montreal Canadians are here in this spot not Philip Deneau and not really I mean as much as we said you know the top four defensive elevated and and the young guys and Stahl and Perry. the only reason the Montreal Canadians here it's Kerry Price. That is it. That is it. That is closed book, end of story. The Montreal Canadians are here because of Kerry Price. Other guys have helped. That's it. <laughs> so Rick, uh, with that said, I think we'll uh, wrap this segment up. And when we come back, Rick, our show isn't through yet, we still have more to come. We're gonna get into the question of the week, and of course, we're gonna tee up that podcast with yourself and Terry Ryan that we talked about earlier. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan inc. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans.
0: And welcome back to episode 139 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, Rick, uh, we can uh, well say that uh, you can follow all at Hab's Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Jump the gun a little bit there, but Rick, uh, <laughs> we'll get into uh, some answers here uh, for the question of the week: uh, the four-game suspension handed down by the Department of Player Safety. I'm Mark Shifley was that enough? Uh, we asked uh, over on Facebook, uh, the All Habs fan page, uh, what have the responses been uh, to that question? Uh, no. No? Okay. <laughs> no, right.
1: um, you, you I jot that down. I, yeah, just uh, take that note. Uh, yeah. we, we had um, thousands of comments, we had uh, hundreds of thousands of interactions. Um and 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 listen uh Canadians fans are passionate they they didn't like what they saw with respect to Jake Evans they want Jake Evans protected um yeah. a lot of it was um as i said before it was about um uh, mainly um uh, the the the, the the unrealistic view that he would be suspended for the playoffs. Some were calling for the suspension for for the rest of the season, and and maybe let's yeah. rather than go to, to Facebook. Um, th- there was other fans who who um took the time to write us an email, and and I got I got a ton of them. I pulled out one. I shared this with the um uh our, our Slack group for Rocket Sports, and uh, this is from. His name is Rick L and, um, he's from Kempville, I think near Ottawa, yeah. uh, Ontario. Very passionate. Um, his, the title of his email is disgusting hit on, on Jake Evans. And I, I, I messaged back with, um, with, uh, Rick and, and said, uh, is it okay if we use this on the air? And he said, yeah, for sure. Um, So Rick says, I was talking to my wife this morning because she also saw the brutal hit last night in the dying second of the Habs-Jets games. But then I went to bed. Oh, but oh, sorry. Then she went to bed. I stayed up to listen to both Sportsnet and TSN panelists, and they all agreed it was disgusting, terrible, dirty, etc. And a multiple-game suspension should be given. Well, you know, Sean Avery didn't think there should be a suspension. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Mike Commodore didn't think there should be a suspension. Um but anyway, um, and and um, where are we here? Multiple susp- suspension should be given, but my wife was saying this morning, why not call it an assault? If you or I were in the streets and did this to someone, we would be charged with assault. And the very sad thing is this hit might end Evan's career. Well, I think we have the answer there uh, that he's doing. Yeah. We, we know that's okay. So in my opinion this should also end Shifley's career if that's the case this was not an accident this had malicious intent to decapitate the player i love hockey but i hate this nonsense violence in hockey there's no excusing what shifley did the nhl starts ending need to end players career it when they do these kinds of things thanks for listening to me well we'll listen all day long and um, yeah. we'll, we'll take um, you know the, these kind of comments these kind of emails um, we, we know that that uh, most uh, fans once they're once they're past the emotion once they're past the passion can sit and look at this objectively as we said before you, you certainly can't compare uh, what happens in a sporting venue to what happens on the street. Um, and the other thing I'll say, attributing uh, motive to Shifley, um, that he was out to, to well, I won't use that word again, uh, but but to uh, hurt uh, Jake Evans is just not, it, that's just not knowing the type of player that he was. We've been all through this. Yeah. We understand the emotion. We thank people for their reaction and if this, uh, being able to share uh, your views and share with other like-minded uh, Canadians fans on, well, I should also say there's, there's a ton of Jets fans and, and earlier in, in the uh, uh, series, there was a lot of Leaf fans as well. And, and good to see that for the most part, the discussion remains civil. Um, yeah. But whatever venue you want, call us, text us, send us an email, uh, or reach out to us on Twitter or on on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, we're glad to uh, interact with you. We're glad to share the uh, uh, our uh, opinions with you. Uh, and we're glad to uh, share your comments with other um, Habs fans who might be listening to our podcast.
0: Absolutely. Rick, is there any other texts or emails you'd like to get to today?
1: Well, yes. Um, there was one that... Um, you know, we don't. I, I get lots of of uh, texts and and um, and some emails and and uh, who compliment us and 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 to be honest, I'm I'm kind of shy about sharing them. Yeah, I, I feel a little embarrassed. Um, but this was one that that uh, if 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 I could um, frame the the ultimate. Uh, compliment it would go something like this and it just happened this was uh her name's anna from northern ontario and um let me get it here it says um uh dear joseph and rick uh, you're both very familiar oh sorry um i missed a part i really enjoy your podcast very well done and the enthusiasm is contagious you're both very familiar with your subject objective in your analysis, which is what we try to be. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, we could go, get on here and be fans and rant, and, and but we try to, you know, this is a different podcast. We, we are credentialed journalists. Uh, we try to give you a different view. We try to give you the, the, the fan view as well, but uh, we try to give you a different uh, objective view. And so I appreciate that, that she said that. Um, you're both fami- very familiar with your subject, ob- objective in your analysis, you have good chemistry with your co-hosts. You obviously enjoy what you're doing, and you don't seem to be performing. No, we're pretty. <laughs> this yeah. is us, uh, um, and and this is how we are. <laughs> and then she goes on to say, it's almost uh, like you're just hanging out at the kitchen table. And I'd want to be in the room, even if it's just to make sandwiches and top up the coffees. Well, that's so awfully nice. Uh, yeah, that's that's super nice. And to, and that's, and and I yeah. feel that that. Uh, when we get together every Saturday here for the Canadians Connection, that it's just an open discussion. And you and I yeah. um, uh, just sit down at the kitchen table and uh, and have a good chat. And, and we have our listeners join us. And, and uh, so thank you. Thank you for those yeah. kind words. That's, uh, that's exactly how this podcast is designed. So we appreciate uh, when you recognize that's what we're trying to do here.
0: Yeah, Anna, that's a tremendous compliment. Yeah, I think that's the highest praise that you could uh, that you could bestow upon us So we uh, we very much appreciate that uh, So Rick uh, we should say the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously they've played games one and two against the Winnipeg Jets now the series turns back to Montreal For games three and four and those games as we mentioned earlier That's gonna be a back-to-back games three and four the Canadians have already done that in the playoffs They're gonna have to do it again uh, back-to-back which Yeah, it's a bit of a demanding uh, thing in the playoffs. But after that, you get to game five, which is going to be on June the 9th. And then June 11th, uh, game six of this series. Um, Yeah, so, Rick, we'll see how this all turns out. Of course, the Canadians at the moment with a uh, two games to none lead. So we will see if they are able to take an even uh, Stronger stranglehold on uh, the Winnipeg Jets in this series, with the series shifting back to Montreal with the uh, 2,500 fans mm-hmm. in support, which should uh, give them a nice little boost of energy as well.
1: We saw, um, watched last night, uh, a great series: Colorado and oh. and uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights, or Vegas Golden Knights, sorry. Um, and um, we should tell if if our listeners don't know. That the winner uh, of the Canadians' jet series will face the winner of the Avalanche, uh, Golden Knights. Uh, they had a full building uh, in yeah. in Vegas, and my goodness, um, propelling the fans, uh, the, the fans propelling the team to score two goals in uh, forty-five seconds uh, from being down uh, two to one to to taking a three-two uh, win. Uh, and Max Pacioretty being a key part of that. He's had, uh, I think he's played four games. He came back from injury yeah. and he's got two game winners. He's been fabulous uh, for Vegas. Um, <clears throat> but wh- whoever, uh, if the Canadians are fortunate enough to, to advance to the third round, uh, facing Colorado or facing uh, Vegas, that uh, that could be uh, an amazing um series um some things to work out about crossing the border uh right now uh but that'll be a whole different atmosphere if uh the canadians go into a a full building uh, of fans Mm -hmm. uh, in hostile territory yeah
0: that's going to be a whole different ball game so it'll be interesting to see if uh, that does come to pass um but rick as we said Earlier in the show, we talked about the Dynasty by Decade podcast, and, and you and Terry Ryan had a discussion about the 1970s, the Montreal Canadiens of the 1970s, uh, particularly a couple teams, 71 and 75. So uh, that's going to be – I haven't listened to it yet. As I told you before the show, I'm going to listen to it this evening, and I'm looking forward to doing that because as you talked about, we were talking about it on the sh- uh, before the show, a uh, very interesting listen with yourself and Terry Ryan.
1: Terry Ryan, um, you should know him. Uh, he was a first-round pick, uh, eighth overall in 1995 uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, a fellow Newfoundlander. Uh, he's yes, he's yeah. in St. John's. And and uh, uh, I should say that if you go to the, the, the fan page on uh, Facebook, we do a check-in before every game uh, where fans say where they're from. Last night, half of Newfoundland. Was on our <laughs> on our Facebook page. Yeah, uh, it was great. It was absolutely great. Um, uh, but I should also say from everywhere, from yeah. everywhere, um, yeah, from uh, Australia and and Brazil and Korea and Singapore and and uh, Sweden and uh, the UK. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Habs fans are absolutely. Everywhere. Um, but Terry Ryan is uh, is a fellow Newfoundlander, and and uh, he and I had a, a great uh, conversation. Um, we were brought together by the Hockey Podcast Network and by DraftKings uh, to talk about um, the dynasty that was the Montreal Canadiens in the 1970s, the, the Canadiens winning six Stanley Cups. We talked about two of those cup runs, and, um, and it was kind of neat because uh, in our, our Slack group, one of our team members, uh, Ben Danku, uh, Ben does the, uh, the, the Habs fan forum. Uh, go to uh, YouTube to see his fan reactions uh, on YouTube, um, our, um, our youtube.com slash all Habs page. Uh, but it was kind of neat because uh, Ben and his dad sat down to, to listen to this podcast uh, and uh, they were able to to uh, uh, have a, a discussion afterwards. His dad uh, being a young boy at the time and and uh, had his memories of of the 1970s uh, cup. So this is a, this is, might be a fascinating podcast for you if you were around at that time and and do have uh, memories of that time period, or if you don't and and want to hear about those da- dynasty years, you want to go to, hockeypodcastnetwork.com, dot and find the um, the Dynasty by Decades podcast. The they're doing uh, uh, this by decade, so it started with the sixties and and featured the Toronto Maple Leafs. The seventies was all Montreal Canadiens. So be sure to pick uh, that one and uh, and and it, it something different for you to uh, yeah. as you're, as you're enjoying the the twenty twenty one playoffs
0: absolutely this is a perfect time to listen to that podcast get you even more fired up about uh the playoff run that the montreal canadians are currently on if you're mm-hmm. looking for something like that uh, and rick we should say uh subscribe to the canadians connection podcast on your favorite podcast platforms on what is it spotify google uh google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, whatever podcast platform you choose you can search for the canadians connection podcast hit that subscribe button and you don't have to worry about missing a future episode and also share that would be uh, really nice as well if you could do that and certainly as i said earlier in the show you might want to uh, or you certainly should uh, subscribe to the press zone montreal podcast as well every week uh, rick stevens and amy johnson discussing the ahl Laval rocket and everything else in between so uh rick i guess uh, for another week we'd like to say anything else before we say goodbye for another week
1: what a great week of hockey this will be yeah. uh, for the Montreal Canadiens! And um, be sure that when you when you uh, uh, are watching games, that you're reaching out to us uh, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, in the, the various uh, texts, uh, 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 585 through Rocket Art text line or uh, by email, uh, we're happy to hear from you. And then we're going to get together next week and we're going to yeah. talk about all the things that happened here every Saturday on, on the Canadians Connection podcast.
0: And we do it all over again next Saturday uh, discussing all the things uh, Montreal Canadiens. So, Rick, we will say goodbye for another week and say thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.